Dave Fanning on 2FM. So, Brian, are you all right? Happy New Year, etc. Happy right? New Year. And the same to you. Now, later this month, Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical movie, The Fablemans, is going to open in Ireland. The movie Spielberg, uh, it's, it's his 32nd movie, I believe. Yes. Loosely based on his own adolescence when yes. he fell in love with film. That's the uh, that's the tagline, loosely based. It's what? completely well, that's his own it. You said, it uh, is uh, 100... earlier on, you yeah. said semi-autobiographical. Th- that's what it's he's not. saying. It's yeah. completely his story. Yeah. If you look at the facts, uh, there's only one bit in the movie that he never really spoke about, and that's the girlfriend's bit. Yeah. And the girlfriend of this must be real because it's so weird she's so like unless you're into God then you don't get within 20 feet for it anyway uh, Paul Dano and uh, Gabriel Labelle is that his name yeah Yeah. he's the guy who plays him okay so uh, young Fableman yeah Yeah. well well, there's two two young Spielbergs in it yeah there is yeah yeah, um, so anyway Brian Redden here of Derrick Films and and Rock I've got the name sorry Rockin in the 80s How Ireland Rock the 90s sorry How Ireland Rock the 80s oh sorry which I believe you're taking credit for now (laughs) I'm not taking any credit this is a documentary I made Oh, God, Christmas yawn, yawn. Are you a nifty winner by any chance? Are you? First thing I come in here, Dave, says to me, someone complimented on his documentary. Because <laughs> he's in it no, momentarily. They no, they weren't talking about that. They were talking about fanning his wheelings. Anyway. Ah, um, right. Basically, also we're talking... Oh, God. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> 52 years in Hollywood is what we're talking about here. Yeah. And bluntly, let's just go straight in. You want to talk yeah. about Steven Spielberg, and I'd love to sort of the... You know, there's supposed to be equal opportunities or RTE here. In other words, I'm supposed to disagree with you because you're going to say something great. Yeah. Um, you think he's the best. He is the best. He, he is. He just is. Yeah. There's nobody is. better. The genres, the different types of movies that he's done, mm. phenomenal. He is. And this new one called The Fablemans, which, as you say, is pretty much autobiographical. It's his life, well, only the, the first 17, 18 years of it. Um, and it mirrors his actual life, you know, almost identically. So so to say it's semi-autobiographical, I don't know why he's saying that, because it, yeah. it is pretty much his entire life. It but is. he's an interesting director. Like I mean, so... Just to give you a bit of background to the guy, and you'll, you'll get this when you see the film. So Spielberg is now 76 years of age, and as you say, he's made 32, which doesn't seem like a lot, believe it or not, you know, 50-year career, but 32 theatrical films. So he's making a film maybe every year and a half. You know, if you compare that to the older guys, the guys like the Hitchcocks and the Fours, they were making hundreds of movies. So Spielberg is being a little bit selective in his career. But within those 32 films, so people would argue there's, there's more than 32, but his very first big feature was Duel, which was a television movie, and he's, he's kind of done guest directors and other things. So 32 main features. I saw Duel in the Stella in Mount Marion as, yeah. as the second on a bill. Yeah, so it was released theatrically, it was, yeah. but it started off as a TV film, and that's where he started his career. So he's, he's 76 years of age. He's born in, uh, in Cincinnati, in Ohio, but... It, the family move, and this is all in the film actually, the family ended up moving to Phoenix, Arizona. And as a young fella, he's absolutely obsessed with cinema. Cinema is his entire life. He's completely consumed with it. And his father, who's a very intelligent guy, he works for um, uh, uh, Genius General Electric. And he's yeah, basically he's involved with computers. You know, he's a real computer whiz. Yeah. His father only died a couple of years ago at the age of 103. Yeah, and um, his mother only a few years before his that. Mother a few years so before is that. this why he's now feeling it's okay to... Because there's a lot so, of complications. The movie gets very serious halfway through yeah there's by a lot the way, of complications the, the movie's brilliant I, I, I thought uh, you know he's yeah. going to indulge himself because he's allowed to make a movie about his life because he's yeah. so famous and Steven Spielberg and blah 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 I thought it was great I loved it too and it's it's long so I, I, I approached it with some trepidation because it's over two and a half hours long but it doesn't feel that and it looks beautiful and the performances in it are absolutely fantastic and you'll get the relationship with his father and his mother which was difficult and strained with Spielberg and which is a theme relationships between you know uh, sons and their fathers is a theme that happens throughout 
uh, Spielberg's movies. He seems to have been working out his relationship with his father throughout his entire career. Um, but anyway, so his dad, his dad, as you say, lived to be 103. His mother died not too long before that, which I think has given him free reign to look back yeah. on his life because yeah. you know he doesn't have to answer to anybody anymore, even at the even at the age of 76. Um, so anyway, he, he he starts making films. Um, his sisters, by the way, he's got three sisters, and one of his sisters, Anne Spielberg, went on to write Big, the film Big with Tom Hanks, so she was involved in the film oh, industry yeah. as well. So he makes his first, so he has an old Super 8 camera, and, and inspired by, in the movie, I don't know if this is true, but in the movie, it inspired is by Cecil B. DeMille's The Greatest Show, isn't it? The, the great, Greatest Show on Earth. Greatest Show on Earth, which is a film yeah. about And it, it's um, completely circuses. true. Yeah, that's completely yeah. true, especially the train crash. There's a train crash in it, and this, this really inspires him to go home and, and film his, uh, his own model uh, railway set you know, crashing, and he shoots it on an eight millimeter uh, film. Yeah, and he, but starts, he only shoots it on an eight millimeter film because he's wrecking the toys by watching them crash all yeah. the time. But his mum says, "If you film it, you can look at that all look the time, and you won't wreck the toys." Direct them, yeah. All that so she to seems to inspire. Yeah. yeah, so she kind of inspired him to to, to do that, to record the, the the train crashes on his model set, to watch it over and over, and therefore he could he wouldn't have to wreck his set. So he gets into filmmaking, and he starts to make these little short films in eight millimeters. At the age of twelve, he makes his first film at the age of twelve, short films. He gets into the scouts, and he gets involved. In the scouts as a young fella, and he uses a lot of his scout um, uh, friends in his movies. So, by the age of seventeen, he makes his first feature film. Now, his first feature film, and I say feature film because it was two hours long. It was called Firelight. He used a lot of his, um, his scout mates in it and his family are in it. Well, and yeah, it's, it's a movie about actually, aliens. That, that was two hours long. Wasn't two it? hours long. Okay. It's a movie about an alien visitation to Earth. He's only seventeen years of age. He shoots this in eight millimeter. Right, edits it himself, shoots it himself, directs it. Obviously. Um, this is the first film he makes that makes a profit, right? It costs him $500. His dad gives him $500. And he decides he wants to make the money back. So he gets his local cinema to show it for one night. It's a 500-seater cinema. And he reckons if he can get everyone to pay $1 in, he'll break even. Yeah. And at the end of the night, he, he, he counts up the receipts and there's $501 were taken at the door. Someone paid two bucks for a ticket. So his first movie goes into $1 profit <laughs> at the age of 17, which is pretty amazing. And now you want me to play a clip from it here? I don't have it. <laughs> no, no one has it. I mean, it's it, he has released. There's about six minutes of it available. You can find it on YouTube. Really? This is a 17 year old Spielberg, his very first film. Now it is available. About six or seven minutes What's of it available again? out there. It's called Firelight, right. and in fact, it was. It's exactly the story of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He came back to that later on. It's about aliens coming down to Earth and people trying to make contact with aliens. So he remade it as a big budget film later on. So this guy is, you know, he's, you know, as a, as a kid, he's a genius. He, you know, he's really thinking about shots and about how to use the camera and about how to edit stuff and about how to direct actors. So it's not surprising that, you know, he ends up becoming one of the youngest directors ever to get a deal um, from a major motion picture studio. And how that came about is kind of interesting. So as a young fella, he, he goes and he starts to study uh, film and college in, in California and he goes on a tour like you do a studio tour to Universal Studios yeah. but he hops off the bus and he starts talking to people and he meets a studio executive this sounds like something you could I was going to say it sounds like a movie but it is obviously with the Fablemans he meets a, a studio executive who says to him you know you want to come back I'll give you a three day pass he gives him a three day pass three days in a row he uses this pass to come back into the studio on the fourth day his pass is up but he decides to chance his arm going into the studio and they let him in and they let him in the next day and the next day and the next day 
So he keeps coming back, pretending that he's working at the studio until they actually give him a job as an apprentice. So that's how he got into... And the Hogan's Heroes bit in the movie, that's true. No, no. Hogan's Heroes, not true. He did end up working on on TV shows, but not on Hogan's Heroes. But it is true. They said, come on, come across the corridor here and meet uh, the the most famous director in the world. That's supposed to be 100% true. John Ford, I wondered about that. Well, Spielberg said definitely he did. He definitely met John Ford, yeah. It's David Lynch who plays him in the movie. Which, unbelievable. In the last five minutes of the film. It's very funny. If you know what John Ford looks like, I, I look at him who is that actor? He's exactly like him. him. <laughs> it was unbelievable, exactly like him. So he goes in and he starts meeting these famous directors like John Ford, and, he's, and he, you know, he, he learns his trade. He's an apprentice and he learns his trade. So he starts getting. So the first thing they do is they, they let him do a short film. So he does a short film which is twenty six minutes long, and it's called Amblin. Right, and it's kind of like a hippie movie. There's no dialogue in it; it's just music. Which it's about the these two company. kind of hippies, yeah, yeah. ambling through America. And Amblin won loads of awards and brought him to the attention of the executives in Universal, who then offered him a seven-year contract. So he's 22 years of age, and he gets a seven-year contract to make movies, which makes him the youngest ever director to get a studio contract. Now that little short film called Amblin became the name of his production company. And he starts off working in television. He didn't work in Hogan's Heroes, but he ended up working in stuff like Night Gallery, which was a, a series by Rod Sterling, uh, which starred Joan Crawford. So he's directing Joan Crawford as a young fella at the age of 22. Then he goes on famously to direct Columbo. So the first episode of the first season of Columbo was directed by Steven Spielberg. The first episode of the first season? The really? first episode of the first season, the very mm. first episode, not the pilot one. The pilot one was what led it to the series. Yeah, and none of this, by the way, can be in the Fableman's movie because it ends when he's literally... Because it ends when he's at, at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, so he's 22 by the time he makes Columbo. And then he follows Columbo with a, t- a couple of TV movies, one of which is Jewel, which was really successful on television, so much so they released it theatrically. As you say, you saw it in the cinema. And that's about... A, a, a Dennis Weaver plays a guy who's basically been chased across America by a kind of a, a demon juggernaut, I suppose. For, for, so it's yeah. kind of a silly film, but it works really, really well. But Spielberg always wanted to make movies, right? So he just uh, feature films. But hold on, it's the truck that stars in it, because truck, you, yeah. you only, I think you see the legs of the guy at one stage when he steps out of the yeah. truck, but you never see who You never it is. see his face. You don't know who's yeah. driving, and you don't know why he's chasing him. You never yeah. really figure that one out. But he wants to make films. You know, he wants to make feature films. He doesn't want to make um, a TV show. So eventually he gets a shot at it and his first one, his first official feature film is Sugarland Express with Goldie Hawn, which is based on a true story and it's kind of a, a story of this couple who, whose uh, kid has gone into yeah. foster care. Uh, it's a, actually a really good movie. Tough. And they kidnap a cop. Yeah, yeah, they kidnap a cop and go across country trying to get their kid and back, basically. big, huge, millions of people following them. Yeah, so it's a big, it's a big yeah. chase across, across America. Yeah. Didn't do, did okay, Sugarland Express. Here, I'll give you a tiny bit of it. Yeah. Well, there's come and taken baby Langston forever. They're going to keep him in that foster home. I want my baby back. Now, are you going to help me or not? Well, where's he now? Oh, we're in Sugarland. <laughs> okay, so that's the Sugarland Express. Sugarland Express. Okay, now you're not going to go through all 32 movies. No, I haven't got time to go through all 32 <laughs> movies, but we go to the best of them. And there are a couple of duds in there. Now, as you said earlier, look, are Spielberg, there? See, this is why I think he's the best. There aren't Spielberg, really. What's interesting about Spielberg because it's very hard to categorize because he's like, done people everything. say, what makes him great? Well, well, what makes Spielberg great is also what what is often the greatest criticism of Spielberg is that you know his films are full of awe and wonder and fantasy, and there's critics 
Tories would say that that's all they are, that they lack, that they're too much heart and they lack the head. There's no, you know, analysis in them. There's no deep characterization. Nonsense. Them. And that's if what you love movies, like. you got to love Spielberg. That's like, it. But that's it. And like, it's like, it's very, it's, he's very hard to categorize because he's made, you know, he's made movies about, you know, the Second World War. He's made movies about the Holocaust. He's made movies about aliens. He's made chase movies. And very good ones movies. right across the board. Right across. Your I mean, favorite movie of all time, I know, is Jaws. Isn't well, it? And that's the big one. That's the one yeah. that really sets him off. So my yeah. favorite film. I would have thought that the Indiana Jones ones were, yeah, as big. And they whatever. were, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Indiana Jones were huge. I mean, bearing in mind that Spielberg, not only is he, I think, one of the greatest directors of all time, he is the most commercially successful director of all yeah. time. His thirty-two movies have taken in ten billion dollars. Right. Ten billion dollars. Now, next to him, number two is James Cameron at seven billion. So he's a good bit ahead of Cameron. So yeah. he's been huge, and that is largely because of franchise films like. Um, the Indiana Jones movies and of course Jurassic Park films but Jaws is the one that really sets him out there so Jaws is made in 1975 now bear in mind he comes out of this new Hollywood so a whole different thing is happening in Hollywood in the 1970s Film, filmmakers like you know Martin Scorsese Francis Ford Coppola uh, Brian De Palma all these guys are emerging moving away from the old school but Spielberg is kind of rooted in the old school. As you mentioned, in the film, you see him meeting John Ford. Alfred Hitchcock was his hero. David Lean was his hero. His favourite film of all time was Lawrence of Arabia. So you see yeah, that. Yeah, he wanted to see it again and again and again and again and got so depressed saying, I could never be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. And you see that in his And when films. you mentioned the Boy Scouts thing in The Fablemans, when the Boy Scouts were in the cinema, what are they looking at? The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance. The Man Who Shot Liberty Vance, which is Ford. a John Ford film, yeah. Yes. And interestingly, actually, Hitchcock was one of his heroes and Hitchcock refused to meet him. He was still alive, Hitchcock, when when Spielberg was making films and Hitchcock said he didn't want to meet him because there was a ride at Universal Studios a Jaws ride and Hitchcock had taken a million dollars to do the voiceover for the ride and he felt like he had basically you know taking the soup for want of a better word right, you know yeah. and he just said I can't face that young kid after taking money to do the voiceover for the ride. so he never met Spielberg yeah. so anyway, Jaws I think Jaws changes everything because you know, bearing in mind, at that stage, Coppola had already made two Godfather films by the time Spielberg made Jaws in 75. Scorsese had yet to make Taxi Driver, but this is what's happening in cinema at the time. But there's no such thing really as a blockbuster, a summer blockbuster. And Spielberg invents that. Well, let's, He invents it. The invention is this. Jaws. That's the Thresher. You see that? See Thresher's tail. Thresher? That's a shark. You want a drink? Drink your leg. I'll drink to your leg. Okay, so we drink our legs. <laughs> I got the creme de la creme. Right here, hold on. Hey, you see that? You're wearing a sweater. Right there. Mary Ellen Moffat. She broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard Dreyfus having a laugh. Now, we've got Close Encounters and Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and The Colour Purple. Close Encounters will be there now. My top ten as well, I'd have to say. You know, I really absolutely love... And Burnham, like, he he follows Jaws with Close Encounters of Third Kind. Those two movies together, I think, are really seminal 70s movies. Both brilliant performances by Richard Dreyfus and absolutely superb films. And Close Encounters, as I said earlier, was kind of like the big budget version of his very first film, which he made when he was 17, called Firelight. Now, he follows that up... Spielberg I don't think does comedy very well you were saying is there a dud in there if there's any dud in there it's a film he made after Closing 1941 that was 1941 which isn't great no it's not great but I'll tell you the fact of all the list here of 32 there's only one I haven't seen which is West Side Story 
Really, yeah. And West Side Story, I loved it, and it right. lost money. I don't know how, yeah, why. It's only three or four years old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, last year, it came out last, last year. Last year, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. lost money on that. But right. 1941 was a film you made with uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and it's a World War II comedy. It's not great. But, you know, then throughout his career, his career is peppered all these fantastic highlights. You know, films that people, and I think the reason people hold Spielberg so fondly is because, you know, the films that he made, like, for example, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like E.T., like Jurassic Park, they were more than films they were events yeah. like I remember queuing up outside of Savoy through three showings of E.T. to go in and see E.T. Yeah. I yeah. mean who would do that now do you remember when E.T. came out the lines outside yeah. the cinema and like I think other people dismiss them sometimes because there's a huge franchise around them so you have the toys and you have the video games and you have you know all the spin-offs that happen as a result it doesn't mean that. the movie isn't fantastic it doesn't mean the movie isn't great exactly but Spielberg himself seems to you know he, he likes to set up these these worlds like for example Jurassic Park he does three movies but then he's backed away from it now Raiders of the Lost Ark he's not doing the new Raiders of the Lost Ark he's backed away from that now so a lot of his bigger blockbuster franchises he's starting to move away from and go into more personal projects which brings us up to the present day when he did West Side Story he always wanted to do a musical he, West Side Story is one of his favourite films he wanted to remake it he did a br- I thought a brilliant job I mean cinematically yeah. some of the stuff in it is fantastic the songs obviously are brilliant and yet it lost money so it was the first Spielberg film in a very long time to lose money now you can put that down to Covid to the pandemic to, to musicals having fallen out of favour to people not wanting to see big blockbusters anymore because they're happy to watch stuff on Apple TV or, 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 or Amazon and watch it on a smaller screen. There's lots of reasons for it. I don't know why it lost money because I think it's one of his best films certainly in the last five or six years. But it lost money. And now The Fablemans is not doing well either. It's yeah. getting critically... It's getting great reviews. It's been nominated for awards everywhere. We don't know what kind of Oscars it's going to be nominated for, but no doubt he will be nominated. But it's lost money. People well, don't Michelle want to Williams see it. Will be nominated as best. I think actress. she probably will, and oh, he'll cheapers. be nominated for best director. She'll be up against Kate Blanchett and won't win, but she'll definitely be nominated. No, she'll definitely be nominated. She's fantastic in it. And bear in mind that the the the, the, the Fablemans is is a film that he wrote as well. Obviously, he co-wrote based on yeah. his own life, and he doesn't write his films very much. You know, he wrote Close Encounters of the Third Kind. After that, Spielberg never writes. He always mm. takes scripts from somebody else, and 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 uh, and and directs so but it hasn't made any money so it's interesting to see where he's going to go next and what his what his next film is going to be is he going to go because what I've read about him is that you know he's trying to move away from those big big blockbuster event movies and get into more personal filmmaking yeah. so it'll be interesting to see if that's well, a path I mean, he goes down he mentioned things like War of the Worlds and, and the Bridge Worlds. of Spies and all yeah, so like he, he has done remakes as I say so he did West Side Story but he also remade War of the Worlds which has been made lots of times I think his version of War of the Worlds is superb yeah. I love it yeah Critics didn't like it at the time. I don't know why. And the War, the War of the Worlds is, is, you know, it ticks all the Spielberg boxes because, you know, it's an alien invasion. It's about one, all of his films. One thing they have in common tend to be about an ordinary man in an extraordinary situation. Yeah. And it's always the, the everyman, the common man. In the case of War of the Worlds, it's Tom Cruise. Um, and even with Schindler's List, it's Oscar Schindler. And you know, he's used Tom Hanks five or six times. And he's used Hanks, uh, Hanks and Cruise he's worked with, Minority Report and War of the Worlds. Hanks he's worked with, you know, to great effect in Saving Private Ryan. See, it's what you forget. I forgot about Minority Report. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, to lesser effect in The Terminal, I think, will be another one of his yeah, lesser movies. Yeah. Not brilliant, but not a bad yeah. film but he works a lot with Tom Hanks and also he produces with Tom and Hanks and Catch Me produced, If You Can Tom Hanks with Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks and he yeah. produced um they produced uh, the Band of Brothers together so, yeah. that, so they seem to have an equal obsession with the Second World War but I think his films have that in common it's an ordinary man in extraordinary circumstances and that 
you know, coupled with his use of the camera and also his sense of awe and wonder, I think is what sets him apart. When you look at his contemporaries, you know, Scorsese, Coppola, they're obsessed with stories of, you know, real men, of gangsters, you know, and, you know, quite violent films. Spielberg doesn't really do violence. He certainly has never made a gangster film. Actually, I was thinking about it. I'd say a gangster movie and a Western are the two genres that he hasn't touched. It'd be interesting to see him do a Western. I don't know if he could do a gangster film. But, you know, whereas contemporaries do films like that, he stays away from that. And his are more in the world of kind of fantasy and, 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 and dreams. And I think that's what makes him so special and that's why people love him so much. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, again, people can kind of plot their own childhoods through Steven Spielberg movies. For me, it would be Jaws, E.T., Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and then Jurassic Park. So they're really, really interesting, you know, films. And then, of course... Like history, he's obsessed with history too. So not only was did he do Schindler's List, which obviously gave Liam Neeson one of his greatest roles ever. He also did history with Bridges Spies. He did history with Munich about the Munich disaster, and he did that. That was a superb film, Munich. Yeah. And and again, that's the other thing about about uh, about Spielberg. He, he you know he was raised uh, in a Jewish household. He didn't really embrace his faith until his second marriage. So he's been married twice to two actresses. Amy Irvin was his first wife. His second wife was Kate Capshaw, who appeared in one of the Indiana Jones movies, and he meets her on that, and he marries her. And he kind of re-embraced his faith after his second marriage. And I think that has coloured a lot of his films since, certainly the likes of Schindler's List and Munich. And, you know, he started to... And, and the late layers from The Fablemans is certainly a, a very important... The fact that he's Jewish and the fact that he's embracing that is very important, I think, in The Fablemans. So, yeah. so his fate actually plays a big role in some of his film choices as well, I think. So, you know, it's just, it, it, there's a lot going on in Steven Spielberg. He's an interesting guy. He's a lot of stuff that he pours uh, of his own personality into his movies. And again, I think that's what leads to people often criticising him. Like, Hold on, before you finish, you've got about three minutes left and I'm not going to ask a question, just keep yeah, going. The very, famous, <laughs> the very famous New Yorker critic, Pauline Kael, oh, yeah. fell out with Spielberg. She said Spielberg, had, uh, around the mid-80s, stopped being a director. Right, and I and I was going. Why? What does she mean by that? And she felt that all of his films no longer were saying anything. They were just all about heart and emotion, Asta. but weren't saying anything. So she completely dismissed him. What's wrong with heart and emotion? If that's even true. That? <laughs> what's wrong with that? Exactly. That's what I would say. Not every film has to have a message. You yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes it's just pure escape escapism. Now I think some of his later films. Like Ready Player One. Did you see Ready Player One? I did see Ready Player One and to be honest, we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes' time actually. Yeah. The very whole idea of the metaverse and all the rest. And yeah. to be honest, just just to kind of, if you like, to show us what he was trying to do, I thought he showed it brilliantly. Yeah. It was a bit like I wasn't that engaged with the characters, that's for no. that that's for sure. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't mad about it because it was it was all special effects and all, you know, it was all substance. It was all just well, it has to flashy, be. flashy, flashy lights and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the characters, I, I didn't yeah. really care about them. Now there was supposed to be a sequel to that, but again, didn't do too well so the sequel never happened so I think this is a pivotal movie for, for Spielberg Spielberg has enough money Spielberg has enough plaudits he's won two three Oscars he won uh, two Best Director Oscars for guys made 32 films and some of them being so cares, really. he's won two Oscars and awards are very important oh, for God's sake. very yeah. important you've I know, won one or two I know no. I've got a couple as well <laughs> no but I mean just in the world before. of Steven Spielberg like awards just are at the bottom of the list well, do, the movies ah yeah but do, yeah, I need. think but for a guy who's so entrenched in Hollywood history to stand up in that stage well now actually this Funny little anecdote that I wasn't going to say, but you've walked into it now in Go some on. ways. Have you ever met Spielberg? 
No. Well, there you go. Have you? Yes, I have. Where? Yeah. I'll Where? tell you, you won't, you're not going to believe that. I'm glad you're sitting down. Okay, this, this is a big one in one way. What? Okay. He gets the award for Schindler's List, right? Yeah. As best director. And he walks backstage. And yeah. the first person to ask him a question was me. Really? We're in a room. He's got three rooms. There's a kind of a radio room, a TV room, and there's a, I don't know what the hell it is. And there's a, what do you call those two guys who used to always review movies in American television? They're sitting uh, Roger Ebert and Gene no. Siskel. Yes, yeah, Siskel, Siskel and Ebert. And, Ebert yeah. and one of those two is over there. There's some woman from Romania or somewhere over there or Poland talking about yeah. whatever it was and then I asked the very first question that's not really a meeting though is it yeah, like me, me and Steve are that's like that okay, well, that's stretching it I was filling it. in for a programme on Radio 1 once and I interviewed him about the, was it the BFG what do you call it the BFG one? Yeah, it's the Ronald Dahl one that was on the phone yeah. no I've never I've never met but interesting <laughs> enough, he's not a guy who does he doesn't go into those junkets big time he's not a guy who puts himself no, out there for no. a lot of publicity yeah. funny enough he was doing Desert Island Disc there recently and that's the kind of stuff that he normally doesn't do you know yeah. he lets his films talk for himself you see him popping up a lot in DVD extras and movies and things like that for his movie releases where yeah. he tries to explain the film a little bit more well I mean all those things are done during the movie anyway they're on the yeah. B-roll but he doesn't do chat shows yeah. like he, he's no. not a guy who turns up on chat no, shows he's, not a, he's not. not a great anecdotalist indeed you know? not so unlike yourself who, who would go on to <laughs> any chat show I would say because you're such a raconteur and a great man for talking and an if to winner uh, yes, <laughs> yes, Brian, yes listen Brian we gotta go sorry no there's so much more we can talk about Steven yeah. Spielberg because there's so many movies people have forgotten about Yeah, I mean like I'm sure some people, oh yeah he did Munich and oh yeah, he well, did that's it. And you yeah. mentioned BFG. I'd forgotten about yeah, BFG. See, there you go. The yeah, Terminal yeah. and yeah. Warhorse as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Listen, yeah. there's thirty-two of them there. Right, and they're all good as far as I'm concerned. Even good. 1941. Okay, so uh, Brian, will I ask you what's next? No, we don't have time. Sorry. No, in bad. your life, I we'll, tell you yeah, <laughs> you come in and talk to us again, Brian Redden. It could only be, and it actually was. Thanks, Brian. Dave Fanning on Two FM.